This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to a very special Space Waffles straight out of home video crossover. I'm Arzu. And I'm Candace. Today we are talking about Phineas and Ferb's Star Wars. So you can see why this became a crossover episode. Yes, we are in a Phineas and Ferb kick right now. And you know what? For good reason, because this was a delight. This was so much fun. I'm not even remotely mad about our Phineas and Ferb kick. I've been wanting to watch this one for a while. I put it off, um, but I'm glad I'm glad it finally happened. So the best way I can describe this is a, it's like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. But if that's Phineas and Ferb. In the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Because it's all of a new hope. But Phineas and Ferb. off center. Yeah. On the other side of the camera are Phineas and Ferb having their own adventure. Like they're neighbors with Luke on Tatooine. And they're just like, they're fine because Tatooine is summer all year long. Picture, if you will, episode four. And off to the left, Lost Stars is happening. But then off to the right, this is happening. Yeah. It's all happening concurrently. Which, you know, it's a, it's a busy, busy time to be in the Empire. So this came out in 2014. So this was right after Disney acquired Lucasfilm, but before we had any sequel trilogy, anything, really. So for all that it is A New Hope, um, we do have references across the kind of across the movies, like there's Carbonite, um, there's a Darth Maul reference, which we'll get to. So yeah, so I guess our overall impressions were that we really, really liked this. It was just a normal episode, I think, of the of the season. It wasn't like a movie, like the ones we've done before. Yeah, it might be like a, I think they packaged it though, like a movie on Disney Plus and on DVD too. It's on its own, like on DVD, it's on its own on Disney Plus, but I think it just ran over the course of season four. So, okay, so the loose plot of this is it's it kind of mirrors A New Hope, not just in its layout and structure, but also in like the, in the sort of beats that they hit. So Phineas and Ferb are living in perpetual summer on Tatooine. And unlike Luke Skywalker, they don't actually feel the need to leave um, until the plans for the Death Star just kind of land in their hands. So the Death Star plans are being hunted down, not just by the Empire, but by Candace. Buford and Baljeet, who are all stormtroopers. Yes. <laughs> Which, oh my god. Okay. The three of them cracked me up the most. I love their little dynamic. I know. I don't think we really see them that often. Together no. with them. And I I lost it. They have also a side mission, which is getting socks for Dark Vader. Which is how they wind up finding Phineas and Ferb and Moss Eisley because they bought the socks and they come out and they're about to make off with the plans and then they they put two and two together. So Phineas and Ferb are looking to make a break. They need to get off Tatooine and get the plans to the Rebellion. So they hire Isabella and the Centennial Chihuahua to get them off of Tatooine and out to the Rebellion. So... Well, they're trying to, they're tracking Luke on the Millennium Falcon. They're trying to get yes. up with the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, so, they're not just like piecing out anywhere. They are looking yeah. for the so Because they don't know where the rebellion is. So they're yeah. like, okay, let's follow Luke. 
Apparently, Phineas and Ferb gets Jedi lessons from Obi-Wan. Like, every Tuesday, they just get Jedi lessons. Which... Like, you know how you get, like, piano lessons as a kid from, yeah, like, the neighborhood person? <laughs> I guess we know what Obi-Wan was up to after the show ended. He was giving lessons to Phineas and Ferb. I just love how they randomly said that. And when they heard the plan say, Obi-Wan Kenobi, they're like, oh, it must be Ben Kenobi. Instead of Luke <laughs> being like, oh, I wonder... Yeah, they just know for sure because they probably call him both. Well, they probably they're just smarter than Luke. <laughs> well, it's really not hard to be. Um, <laughs> it's not hard to be smarter than Luke. Um, so one thing, like before we get to the rest of the plot, one thing I like is especially in this early bit, we get not only like music lifted directly from A New Hope, but we get entire dialogue exchanges. So the whole bit where Luke wants to go pick up the power converters and he wants to go to Ashley Station, all of that is just repeated from the movie. So it's not like the, it's not the ripped audio, like they're re-recording it, but it's so, the same dialogue. Um, creators Dan Poven and Jeff Swampy Marsh said there's too many Star Wars spoofs that have been done. So they decided to leave like the original, the original film alone Instead, just add the characters in and and have them coexist in the same story. Which I honestly think is a better approach because then you kind of get into that fuzziness of like, you know how they're related separately from this. Mm -hmm. So trying to make it work within this dynamic like doesn't work out. So having it having it be like this like coexisting rather than replacing it feels a lot more loving as a parody do you know what i mean yeah definitely and they said you could even cut the original trilogy and this together like i mean yeah because that's that's what i'm saying like that's what they do they're they're literally just off to the right while the original trilogy is happening yeah we see little bits like we see obi-wan and ben uh, obi-wan and ben are the same person we see obi-wan and luke like going to Moss Eisley and just like they're off to the they're off in the distance, you know? One thing I did think was interesting is we've talked about this before. Anytime we talk about any Star Wars anything, if C3PO is there, we're like, and C3PO is played by Anthony Daniels every single time. He was not played by Anthony Daniels in this version. He was played by Simon Pegg. <laughs> so weird. Which I'm like, we found the one c3po thing that's not anthony daniel yeah like i guess Phineas and ferb is where he drew the line maybe they didn't ask i don't know oh something i love in the cantina scene because it's after han has left for the millennium falcon is we see them pick up greedo some guys pick up greedo and they're like they said he shot first but i don't think he did like that they whole, said like, the, uh, no like they said the what was it it's like they said he shot first, but I think the other guy shot first. Yes. And I was yeah. just <laughs> cracking up. I'm like, thank you. See, this is what I mean. It's like loving. Do you know yes. what I mean? And they know their stuff. Like you – sometimes when you get some parodies or stuff like that, you're like – they just like kind of scratch their surface. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they – like they just kind of loosely go, we've seen this. Yeah. We know this. But they, these people like understand it. Yes. Like, like, you know, in a loving kind of way. Definitely. Another aspect of this that motivates Isabella is she has a rivalry with Han Solo. Which I love that he beat her 
into making the castle run. And he's just like, what, he blew her off course or something and she couldn't make it in 11 parsecs? And she holds yeah, him I responsible. I just love that Han Solo's like main rival is like a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> but then he treats it extremely seriously. Yes. That's the other thing is the other characters are treating it straight. Yeah. It's not weird. It's not strange. Per- Perry the platypus that we have not talked about at oh all. Oh my god, how have we not talked about Perry? Because he's right at the beginning. He is Rogue One. <laughs> he is the one, yes. He is the one who steals the Death Star plans. Um, and he wants to get them to the Rebellion. And unlike in the rest of the series, Phineas and Ferb were very well aware that Perry's a secret agent. And they have parted ways since, so they don't actually live together anymore. But they wish him all the best. Yeah. And Perry's just, Perry's awesome. Oh, speaking of Perry... Dr. Doofensmertz is on the Death Star. <laughs> it's what it's it's Heinz Dar Schmertz. Yeah, yeah, I think I said that right. Hans he's a lesser Sith. He's like the lesser. He's like he's whoa. a lesser Darth with no force ability. Yes, and he has a song and dance. He does have. A, there's so we're, we're going to talk about the music in a second, but his whole motivation is he has that his um sithinator machine that will turn someone into a sith and he just needs a little bit of force power to get it working which he decides he can get from darth vader's trash which is just so on brand for dr doofenshmirtz to be digging through trash which he uses the creature from the trash compactor yes to gather the stuff the the giant dianoga yeah and at one point the dianoga shows him luke and he's like no that's just a guy i don't need him (laughs) (laughs) little does he know the force is strong with luke Yes. Um, so like Candace mentioned, uh, the music in this is Phineas and Ferb level music. It is A plus, all earworms. Yep, all bops. All bops. Doofenshmirtz gets a song. Phineas and Ferb have a song. Vanessa gets a song. Vanessa plays a Twilight. Yeah. Played like this is a real thing. Vanessa is a Twilight. <laughs> um, and for half a second... Because they're in the cantina when we first meet Vanessa. And she's singing about how she feels so low, like, isn't down, sad. But Isabella takes this as, like, a personal insult because she's reminding her of Han Solo. So Isabella fires at Vanessa. Vanessa screams and it gets cut off. And for a hot second, I thought she killed Vanessa. Me too! Because it says in the subtitles, Vanessa groans. And I was like... I was like... This general just murdered somebody on screen. Vanessa's her Greedo. (laughs) No. Vanessa is fine. Yes, Vanessa is fine. Isabella just blew up her musical instrument. Or her microphone. Yes. She's fine. But where's I going with this? The music. I think like the music, especially at the beginning, the song that Phineas and Ferb sing. um, Tatooine. Yeah. It's like halfway between like the Phineas and Ferb theme song and just again showing this really sweet love of Star Wars. Yes. All rolled in one. And like I feel like I'm so over ironic parody and I'm all about like this kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I really like the song at the end, Rebel, Let's Go. Yes. It's the song they play after the ceremony because, like, at, you know, at the very end of New Hope, Chewbacca roars, and that's the last thing, like, the last line of the movie, really. Mm-hmm. And Benius is like, the Wookiee's right. Let's party. 
They just crack. It's up. canon. Oh, okay. So there's an opening crawl to this movie. <laughs> the last line of which, and none of it is canon anyway, so relax. Because even Phineas and Ferb knows that there is nobody as historically chill as the Star Wars fan. Yeah. We're all very chill, very calm. We don't take canon seriously at all. It's fine. So the prequel reference, specifically the Sithinator. Um, so Doofenshmirtz gets his hands, or Darth Schmertz, I'm sorry, accidentally yeah, get gets right, his hands on, I'm sorry, fake fan, <laughs> gets his hands on Ferb. Um, and accidentally uses the Sithinator on him. Yeah. And he's like, well, we'll deal with the problems going on outside and we'll come back and deal with this kid. So he just kind of leaves Ferb there and exits. So by the time Phineas catches up to Ferb, Ferb has gone full Sith. Right full- down to the Darth Maul tattoos. Yes. And his hair has gone all spiky. And suddenly in, I think, the biggest character shift plot twist, Ferb is like talking. Yeah. Full sentences, full paragraphs. It's not just one word or another. And like, I don't know. With with Phineas like telling him that he doesn't want to fight him and that he's his brother, I'm like, this is surprisingly very emotional. Yeah, this is like the first time we saw we see the two of them ever have a conflict. I think so. I don't I yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them have a fight. Yeah. I feel like I've seen like most of the episodes in the past like, few years. And, and yeah. Phineas is like on the verge of crying. He genuinely he was, doesn't want to fight him. He was very emotional. Very on brand for Star Wars with fighting yeah. between family, you know. Speaking of family. So Candace joined the Empire because she likes order. She likes rules. She likes ratting people out. And I'm like, and if this isn't Sienna from Lost Stars, I don't know what is. Um, also, then, a Candace in Star Wars. Hey, there you go. Yeah, finally. The there you go. Time. That's the representation you wanted. The stormtrooper who's in charge of getting Dark Vader his socks. He's a stormtrooper snitch. Okay, can I tell you about the line that just made me lose it? Okay. Okay, so it's um, Phineas saves Candace. She's about to fall off like one of the bridges. Yeah, the yeah, the same similar one that Luke and Leia swing across. Yes, yes. Actually, that's happening at the same time of this. And she's like, she's having like an extra, what is it called? Existential crisis. Yes. She's having one of those because a rebels just saved her. And she's talking to Bruford. Ah. Buford? Bruford and. Baljeet. Baljeet. Why am I forgetting their names now? (laughs) Something in the air. And she says, we're the good guys, right? And Bruford goes, yeah, that's what they told us during the brainwashing. I'm telling you, it's Lost Stars. (laughs) So smart. It's so funny. And Candace is like, we blew up the planet. And Majis is like, that's hard to argue with. But as we learn at the end, all the baristas and bowling alley attendants got off just fine. I know. I love that they, because they're like upset. We're they're like, okay. Oh. <laughs> because there is a scene where we see them at the Imperial Bank. Like, they're in line. Mm-hmm. And some rebels are doing stuff. And one of the like Imperials is like, I'm not losing my place in this line. I'm going to go out and do it. So Arzu, I don't yes. know if many people know this. And I don't know if you want it out there. 
Um, you know the language. You know a little bit of Arabesh. I can like, read it. Yes, I can yes. read Arabesh. Did you notice the Arabesh in the Death Star schematics? I did not. What did it okay. say? It said, you got a joke no one else did. <laughs> if you have paused this and translated this into English, congratulations. Now go impress your friends. <laughs> Very nice. You impressed me. I thought it was really cute that they did that. I think if I'd had a bit more time watching this, I would have paused it and and tried, but yeah. I didn't have a chance. But yes, that was my party trick. I used to use that with my students to get them to behave. I would write their names in Orbesh if they did all their work. But yeah. Um, so Candace, it turns out, is not just a snitching stormtrooper. She is actually Phineas's sister. Yeah, they think they're about to get blown up because Luke's like, Luke's blown up the Death Star. The trench yeah. run is happening. And they're, Candace and Phineas kind of have a moment where it's like, oh, you look familiar. You look like like my sister who left. You look like my brother. And then they realize that they are siblings. Yeah. Except she did not know that their mom had married Ferb's dad. So I don't know how long ago she left or how long they've been married. Yeah. And it was really cute because Ferb started hugging her too. And she's like, like who's this guy? Who's this kid hugging me too? It's like, that's our brother. And and Phineas is about to tell her the story about what happened to their dad and like, well, or how they met or something like that. It was what happened to their dad and then the Death Star blew up. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're fine. Isabella gets them out. But I don't know if you also subscribe to the fan theory that Doofenshmirtz is their dad, because I do. Oh, my God. I know that theory. <laughs> He and Phineas have the same shaped head. That is so There's true. a fan theory. There's a fan theory. I don't know if it's just that he's Phineas's dad or if he's both of their dads. Because, like, he and, and their mom went on a date once. Which, okay, if they were to continue this into the next one, having Darth and Schmertz be Phineas's father, yeah, that would track. I cracked it. I cracked it. Is Vanessa older than Candace? I think they're the same age hmm. or maybe like a year older i don't know hmm. can't vanessa's mom left yeah and duvet started messing around with Phineas and ferb's mom <laughs> we know Phineas and ferb's mom was in that like shady place in chippendales i'm telling you there's something up i don't know fair at least they slept together at least twice. I mean, okay. and Phineas is super smart and he invents things just like different smart. Yeah. Oh, speaking of related, at the very end, Isabel is like, are we related? And she's like, like, no. And then, and then she, she gives him a kiss. And I'm like, that doesn't stop anyone in Star Wars before. Yeah, it's it didn't stop Luke and Leia. It's not going to stop Isabella. Um... So I tried looking up a Rotten Tomatoes score for this. It does not exist. Because it's too good. It's too good. It's a, I'm giving it 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Me too. That's what it deserves. Again, this was done so lovingly. Something, we're not going to get into too, too, too much detail because we can't talk about it just yet. But something I noticed, actually we can talk about this a bit because this isn't the first time. Um, 
it is very appropriate for Dr. Doofenshmirtz to be playing the Darth Vader parallel because I have found Lego Darth Vader reminds me an awful lot of Dr. Doofenshmirtz. He does. He really does. And I don't know what it is. Maybe we can put our finger on that somehow, but it's just something about this exhausted supervillain who means well and he's kind of a dork. And he's really tired with, like, his superiors. And he just would kind of like to do his own schemes without consulting with anyone. Yeah. And they're both kind of like, I don't know. They're both dads, you They're know? both dads. They're both, like, soft and nerdy. Yeah. In, like, a dad way. So, I don't know. I thought it was very appropriate. Yeah. I mean, it's logical that Doofenshmirtz would be playing the Darth Vader character, but. I did like that one scene where the Imperial gives him a bag. Uh, Vader the bag and he's like thought it was going to be socks but it was a sandwich and he's like I find your lack of socks disturbing and I know that's he so just silly. murders a guy <laughs> alright this is a very short this is a short episode this was also like a short episode of yeah it was thing. an hour it was two episodes it was, a, so it was an hour it was an hour long yeah and about half of it was the original Star Wars which if you're listening to this I'm assuming you have seen <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm assuming I could be wrong um, so do you have any final thoughts on Phineas and Ferb? Star Wars. Oh, wa- watchmojo.com named this special the fourth best Star Wars themed television episode. What were the other three? I don't remember. One second. I mean, was it the three family guy ones? Oh, it's a stupid, it's a YouTube video. Oh, then. I'm not watching that shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, when you compare it to other, like, Star Wars-themed television episodes, I actually, like, I think I like it the best. Yeah, so having, like, grown up with them, like, with Family Guy and with all the other, like, sort of Star Wars-themed Robot Chicken, I think, did them. Like, I think I prefer this to that. Yeah, I do like the Robot I really like Robot Chicken's Emperor. Okay. That I think that Palpatine is hilarious. But I so I also think the Lego Palpatine is hilarious too. Oh, I love Lego Palpatine. I will yeah. say for the Family Guy ones, for the longest time, I used to walk around saying something, something, something dark side. <laughs> in like a sinister way that yeah. I'm not going to do right now. But um, so, yeah, it's not that those weren't iconic, but I don't know. I think this was more, this was sweeter. Yeah, and I, I feel think. like this had... It had more Star Wars references, you know? It did. Although I do like the, um, like, the idea of Candace, like, growing up during her song singing about how she joined the Empire. Like, all of a sudden, it becomes so un-Star Wars-y. She's just at, like, a suburban high school in a suburban house, and she's just dressed like a stormtrooper. I'm like, there is a reason everybody's looking at you funny, and it's not because you stand up straight. And no shade to the nerds who wear their geeky stuff to school, but if you're in full stormtrooper year, like, you know, people are going to stare. I don't know. (laughs) On that note. Yeah. Definitely. Especially if you have watched Phineas and Ferb before. Highly recommend. Yes. I don't think you have to have seen all of Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. But... I think you need to be, like, slightly familiar with the characters. I think you'll get more of a kick out of it if you are. Yeah, if not, it's it's a sweet way to spend an hour. But if you are, like, 
familiar with with Phineas and Ferb, yeah, I think it's definitely more enjoyable. So next week, we're going to keep going on this short animation kick, and we're going to be talking about the Lego Star Wars Summer Vacation, which both of us have seen. It's and so good. both of us loved. Um, it's going to be a good time. We're going to have some friends on. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be good. All righty. So, Candace, where can the listeners find you online? You can find me at Candace is a Geek on Twitter. And, yeah, I'm just all over the internet. That's the best place to find me. Arzu, I think there's, like, a special Twitter announcement, yes. maybe. We do have a special Twitter announcement. While you can still find me personally at Arzu Amin, you can officially now find this podcast on Twitter on its own, at Space Waffles Pod. Which, yes, after a year of pressure, I caved and I made a Twitter account for the podcast. It wasn't just pressure. It was bullying. I it, yeah, it was straight, it. I was straight up bullied into it. But we'll see yeah. how that goes. Um, otherwise, network-wise, you can find us at geeky underscore waffle on Twitter, the geeky waffle at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, thegeekywaffle.com, and geekywaffle.com. Nope, that's not right. And patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle, and that's where all of our waffles after dark stuff goes. So thank you all so much for listening. This is shaping up to be the best summer ever and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>